just don't think we're here for um, eat, sleep, work, repeat. That's never sat with me. And I always had a feeling that I was destined for more. I just didn't know what more looked like. And I now appreciate more than ever that the whole jigsaw of my journey has had to happen in the order that it's happened in order to get me where I am now. Welcome to Stories That Matter, a podcast series brought to you by Storians. We are all hardwired to engage in stories because they help us make sense both of ourselves and the world we live in. So in this podcast, we ask people six questions about the stories that have defined them. Today's guest is Lindsay Clay, successful entrepreneur, networker extraordinaire, and someone who describes both the heartache and happiness of some of her life's most important moments and how they helped her to find her purpose. I hope you enjoy listening. Lindsay, I'm so pleased you could join us on this episode of Stories That Matter. Thank you. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thrilled to be here. As you know, this is a podcast series about the power of stories and the power of storytelling. Um, So we always start with the question, what's your story? I always love this question because it's so big, isn't it? Where do you where do you start? I think the biggest story that I'm known for nowadays is overcoming infertility and talking about my journey from going from being married to trying for children and not being able to have children going through the IVF process. That whole experience changing my relationship, not just with my husband and obviously our marriage ended. We weren't the first or the last to not survive that process, sadly. But also changed my relationship with everybody around me because I suddenly didn't fit in with people. I was out of place and out of pace with my peer group who all did have children. And so I needed to rebuild and I needed to rebuild in a way that suited me as a single childless woman or child free and to embrace that and learn how to embrace it and find my way in the world. And my way of finding the way in the world has resulted in me starting a business, which I never foresaw. I thought I'd be in corporate forever, but I found a space where what I had to offer was needed by the world and I created it. It was a, it's a broad question. You've given a really brilliantly broad and big answer, actually, which I love. Uh, out of place and out of pace is a is a is a powerful thought actually just talk to me about that for a moment and 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 really how you felt at that point uh, in your in your life so that was a really hard time i felt like i lost all of my friends overnight to having children and obviously they were then kind of like head down in nappies and sleepless nights i was kind of head down in the grief of not becoming a family and my marriage ending And so we were just doing such different things and our focus was so incredibly different. And I remember I wasn't invited to anything to do with the children because I think people had survivor's guilt and they didn't really know what to do or felt that they were maybe showing off if I was with their kids or that I would feel really uncomfortable. I know for my friends, it all came from a a place of love that they didn't want me to feel uncomfortable, but it just gave me a different discomfort from not being invited to anything with the kids. And then I wasn't invited to anything to do with couples either. And so I suddenly found myself just having a lot of one-to-ones um, with girlfriends. Or I was living this very um, 
embracing life as much as I could at that point. So I was going out all the time and then I was dating and you know putting a lot on my social media and people felt like they already knew what I was doing. So when I sort of saw them, they were, they'd already be living through me. Yeah. And so I just became like this unicorn of my group. <laughs> yeah. And then if we did ever meet up in, in more than one, it would, you know, they were all talking about the same thing. So their children were going through exactly the same stage at the same time because they had them all like within a year of each other. And I would just be kind of sat on the end kind of looking around thinking I don't have a nappy story or a, a vaccine story or a school story to yeah. tell and kind of like all eyes would turn to me and be like so <laughs> 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 tell us something fun <laughs> like we're living through you and yeah. um, again I just became like this like performing monkey of my group um because I couldn't relate to any of you know the domestic that they were going through but it it was really it's really lonely when you don't fit in around the people that you know and love it was like everybody had gone on the best holiday ever and I didn't go yeah yeah, so yeah, the way yeah. That they could talk about it was I couldn't I just couldn't join in um and so I did feel very very displaced and and everybody just wanted me to be happy and I think at that time as well, it, it takes a lot to process going through IVF and it takes a lot to process going through a divorce. And I think a lot of people think they're okay when they're not okay. And I really wasn't okay. And I felt like I just needed to get away to work out kind of who I was now and how would I fit in and what was my pace. I now had to work at my pace. And I decided to go traveling in order to find it. I remember sitting around with all my girlfriends and um, my ex-husband at the time had got together with a new partner and they were living very, very close to my house or about to live very close to my house and I felt really trapped and I thought I need to just get away because I can't have a front row seat on his new life I need to have a front row seat on my life and I don't know what that looks like anymore and I asked my boss at the time for six months off traveling and um, he was very unsure about it at first and then I pointed out all the people that go on maternity leave and was there any reason why I couldn't have six months off and they were super supportive from that moment onwards and I just took myself out of that discomfort um, and into a different discomfort which was having to really face my grief um, and process it by I went to America for three months I had this incredible experience in North Carolina with friends and I just allowed all of those dark boxes to open I allowed all of that feeling to come out you know the fact that I'd I'd lost my best friend that my friendships was now so different that I was going to have to be someone different and who was I if I wasn't with him and I wasn't in that friendship group and I wasn't doing the same things you know being it's like having Netflix and you've got no idea what to watch because there's a billion things you're like where do I even begin and and who am I yeah. so to kind of reconnect claim my identity and I took um inspiration from Julia Roberts for eat love pray and I called my trip snap nap hope and I just had a lovely time and I did a lot of blogging and I did a lot of snacking and napping I, uh, and hoping that life was going to work out in my favor I am already seeing the the sequel to eat love pray with you in yeah. it actually and an entirely different title <laughs> but yeah. I have to think of the, what the next one will be. But yeah. it was great, and I, I'm so grateful for that trip. I'm so grateful that I, and all the all the actions that I've taken to survive what happened and then to thrive. I I'm just so grateful that I was brave enough to do it. I'm grateful that I was brave enough to ask for the time. I'm grateful that I took it, and I'm grateful that I just really buried myself in being the next version of Lindsay Clay and what that could look and feel like and. I wrote about it as I did it. So I wrote a blog called Not the Blueprint 
which was about that displacement. So, you know, I, I now wasn't that blueprint, the social blueprint that everyone expects you to be. You know, I wasn't going to be a mother. I now wasn't a wife. So now what? Now what do I do? And uh, my first post that I wrote on that was just before I went traveling. And that first post says, my, my fist has broke through the rubble and I've survived. And then I basically like healed in real time via this Instagram. Because when I was going through the infertility process, I just didn't feel that there was any support at that time. We were offered maybe one counseling session and I didn't know about all these groups and I'd never really wanted children. So I didn't feel a big kind of kinship with the women that I was sitting with in the in this clinic waiting to go in. I felt like I'd stolen someone else's golden ticket, to be honest. But I wanted to do it for my marriage and to and to fit in with my friends and because I thought that's what you do, isn't it? You get married and you have you have children. Yeah. That's what I expected. I'd got a very big family, a joke that we're taking over the world one baby at a time. I mean, so I shelling out like peas <laughs> on my side. So the irony for me, I thought hyper fertile, you know, if I sit on the same chair as you, that would be me. And actually it was completely opposite. I don't have the right equipment whatsoever, which was kind of an odd, sad relief to realise that's why I've never really wanted them. I didn't have that same hunger you know other friends would breastfeed a kitten if they could the same maternal whereas i just didn't feel that way i just wonder you, you've obviously been through um quite a journey you know one of the questions we often ask on this podcast is is there a a mentor a role model or someone that's really influenced you positively and if there if there if there is how's their story shaped yours very much for me when i think about the role models the irony for me is now we grew up as a foster house, so my parents fostered. And so we always had strangers in our house. We had children who were at risk in our house. We had social workers, you know, on the odd occasion, the odd police officer because someone had been, you know, stealing a car. <laughs> One of my foster mothers <laughs> liked to steal cars. Um, so, you know, we had a very eclectic upbringing. And I appreciate more than ever as an adult what my parents went through. You know, it was hard for us as kids to have to grow up that way but it also gave us incredible social skills and now I you know I run a social club you know Connected Bright my business is all about helping people feel connected feel seen heard and special and I learned how to do that from growing up in a foster home and even though it was tough and I'm so but I'm so proud of my mum um my dad passed away unfortunately when I was 21 but I still have my lovely mum and I feel more proud of her all the time for the things that she has done for other people and the care and love that she has shown to other people's children to help them be better humans, whether it worked or whether it didn't, she didn't, we never didn't have the hope that somebody would be better off by spending time with us as a family. And, and as you said, your business now really in name is called Connected Brighton and you connect people with brands and brands with people and brands with each other, don't you? That's your model is very much one of connection. And do you think that was because you spent so much time understanding what the power of connections looked like from a very early age, despite that, you know, an environment which, you know, wouldn't be described as traditional, I guess, whatever that means? I definitely think it's given me a sense of community and how important connection is within a community. You know, you can feel lonelier. I felt lonelier in relationships than I've ever done single I think being able to hold a space for people and make people feel that's you know it goes back to that scene heard and special for me you know every time someone comes to one of my events I give them a big hug when they arrive and I'll give them a big hug when they leave I'll introduce them to people I feel incredibly passionate about 
their experience and that they feel safe with me. And that's why people come back again and again, because they do, they know that I'm going to look after them. And that's definitely learnt from, you know, my job, my job when we were a foster home. If I had a new girl in my bedroom was to show her around the area, you know, where's the sweet shop? Where's the bus stop? How are they going to get to school? You know, where's the park? How do you get into town? Um, And they were in my room. And so I had to ensure that they felt, you know, safe enough to sleep, to talk to me about what was going on, you know, in terms of that safeguarding so that I could flag if there was anything to my parents that I was worried about. I'd go and hang out with them and their friends. Normally their friends were quite dodgy and I'd have to survive in those situations. And I would do that by being funny and likable. And those skills kind of got me into a space where I've been able to, you can put me in any environment and I'll survive. And in terms of how that breeds through to connected, it's the same thing. I find it so easy to be around different people. And I love that I've started this business. You know, I needed it. My friends all, all got in relationships and they've all got children and we were coming out of lockdown people were COVID anxious and I thought I just really want to support my community my business community you know they need they need um, money in the till and we need to get people out and connecting again it's not healthy for us to be at home you know humans that we're pack animals we are we're pro-social beings aren't we and if I can I just want to go back to the conversation around IVF and children because I'm always struck by the question that people often ask, which is, you know, why didn't you want children or, 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 you know, why don't you want children? But actually, very, very few people ever ask people with children, why did you decide to have them? Why yeah. did you want children? And, and I've always felt that the story around um, maternal instinct or not is one that quite often is, is, is really uh, in, it, unfortunately skewed. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. I think it's so interesting the the whole issues around fertility, the whole topic around infertility and fertility. Now, I had a lot of people reach out to me who were talking about they really want, didn't want children, but their partner did want children, and they felt really conflicted. And they would probably go on to have children. You know, people that we knew at the time, people who have children now, who say to me like, you know, if I had my time again, I probably wouldn't, or I never wanted children, but now I've got four. Um, I think we do it because we just think we're supposed to a lot of the time. And there are some people who are so hormone driven. It's, you know, it's without question. And I've always really admired those people because I never felt that way. I remember me and my friend having very long chats in one of the pubs down on London Road and going over our life. What would our life be like when we were 18? And would we have children? Would we not have children? And, you know, it was a really, it was a big decision for us to make. But I think a lot of the time people just automatically feel they, they have to go down that path. Mm. I just want to come back to the, the the story element, really, if you like. Um, again, we often ask people, and I think you, you've covered one off for sure already, but a favourite book or movie or poem or piece, you know, something from folklore. Um, is there a story that is in the sort of public domain that, that has had a lasting impact on you? And, and, and if it has, how has it influenced you? I was thinking that I really love this question because when I was thinking about some favorite stories or books, like the first book I ever remember really loving and getting fully into my imagination was like The Faraway Tree by Enid Blyton. And I just had never had that feeling before where I could really see myself like in the tree with the characters and I found it really intoxicating. But to answer the, que- the question better of an influence today, so throughout this kind of grieving and healing journey of mine, kind of 
getting over the IVF miscarriage and divorce and finding myself, there was the Ho'oponopono, which is the um, the tribal way of communication to kind of ease between tribes when there is um, a discomfort or a, or a challenge or a fallout. The fact that I'm sorry and um, please forgive me, I love you, thank you. And that to me has been how I've tried to guide myself now from the people that either I've hurt or who have hurt me over this kind of the last 15, 10, 15 years. And to just be very open to that there are two sides to every story and to hold my own action and be accountable for my own action and to to do that prayer whenever I feel that I need to cleanse or I need to, you know, go within and think actually I just need, want to send that out to somebody with love to be able to heal for myself and hope that you know I'd love universal law that that is also having some effect some amazing cosmic effect around them as well that's been a really big one for me and I remember being on a, a retreat and um, it was the end of this retreat and we all stood around and there was like an open fire and everybody been crying and you know standard retreat behavior and you could give um a, a comment or a poem or a thought to the group and I did the Ho'oponopono for people and it just felt it felt very powerful on this healing journey of mine especially. Wow and for those people who might want to examine that further where, where would they go? Just google Ho'oponopono and you will find it. It's, it's got a really beautiful um, story behind it about I think it starts in Hawaii I think it's a Hawaiian um forgiveness prayer um and i i think it's just really beautiful and it says everything that we need to say which is you know that you are i am sorry and i hope you can forgive me and i do love you and i'm thankful to be able to have an opportunity for you in my life and the time that we've had together i think it just summarizes it what as humans we're not very good at communication no one is really good at communication that is a a flaw in every aspect um and i just think this summarizes it so beautifully of what we really want to say to people yeah, it's a beautiful thought. It's a beautiful thought. Um, just moving on a bit, uh, we, you've talked a, a, a lot already about some of the challenges um, and, and, and overcoming, uh, I suppose, adversity, if you like. Um, is there one story? Is there something in particular that you could share that that that? Uh, has, has shaped how determined and resilient you are, which clearly you you very much uh, seem to be. Is there something that stands out from the canon of the many stories I'm sure you, you could tell? Um, I definitely feel there's different aspects of the story that have got me here and to this resilience because my dad passed away when I was 21 and he was only 52 and that definitely gave me a different perspective on how you should live life and I've always wanted to make to make the most of life because he's not here to be able to do that and I feel like if I'm not then I've missed the point I just don't think we're here for um, eat, sleep, work, repeat. That's never sat with me. And I always had a feeling that I was destined for more. I just didn't know what more looked like. And I now appreciate more than ever that the whole jigsaw of my journey has had to happen in the order that it's happened in order to get me where I am now. Because being out of place and out of pace with my friendship group led me to a place where I needed to create new friends and I thought other people, I can't be the only person in this position. And when I had the idea for Connected Brighton, I just couldn't not do it. It took over kind of every thought 
in my head. I was constantly thinking about what would the branding look like and what did I want to say? What pictures would we use on the Instagram? Where would I take people? How would it work? Who would come? It was just this kind of constant noise that the calling was so loud. Mm. And I, as soon as it came alive, as soon as we had, I had the Instagram and did the first nine nine posts. I, I just felt this, that this is what I meant. This is what I meant to do. And it's made me who I am today because I've had to push myself. You know, when you're running a business, you need people to buy your business. And I've never considered myself a salesperson. I just love, I love what I do, why I do it and who I do it for. And it makes me very passionate. But going from being very senior in corporate roles to then I'm posting on LinkedIn about do you want to come kayaking with me? And we're just going to go and play ping pong. <laughs> I was like, this is possibly career suicide if this doesn't work out. And uh, I'd have to literally just shut my eyes and just like press post and hope for the best. And all I've ever had is the most amazing support from everybody I've ever worked with ever has, you know, come out the woodwork and either comes out with me or, you know, sends me support messages. And winning, we've won three awards now in three years. And which is just incredible. There is something about making friends as adults that really resonates with people. Yeah. And I feel like the way that I've created the business and the way that we do it now, it mean it really means something because we mean what we do. We're really authentic about it. We want to create a community of Brighton lovers that support Brighton businesses. And I'm very excited when that goes into other cities and people can bring that same connection, community, and joy to wherever they live as well. But it's just done out of out of a, out of a, a love for people, and indeed, one of the reasons I was so keen to invite you onto this podcast is my own observation about the community you're building um, is that you're doing so one story at a time, really. You know, yes. the story of the businesses that you're introducing, the story of the people that you're bringing together. It's very much about the stories of the community you have and what those stories can can bring, you know, to the people involved. And it's very personal. You know, we are a city concierge service and for individuals, we have our social concierge and we help you make new friends with, in small groups, bespoke curated events that support an independent business. But everybody that comes out with me has gone through something. You know, change doesn't always come with a banner and a balloon. Some of those people will come because they're divorced or they've they've moved to a city for the city for the first time for a reason. Sometimes that'll be a happy reason, sometimes that won't be a happy reason. And so I'm very conscious that there's all of these individual stories from the people that come on our social concierge that come on their own and there's a real vulnerability in coming on your own. And that's why I like to give everyone a big hug because I know they've got a story to tell and I'm here to listen to it. And people have really resonated with how open I am about my own story. Because that again, it just I want to tell that story honestly because it will help someone, and if it helps someone, then it's worth it, and that re that really resonates with others, and they will have some similarity in their story to my story. It's so important to share. Yeah, uh, but not everybody has the either the ability or the desire to be as open as you are, and and indeed as committed to the the power of the story, I suppose I'm going to say. Well, where does that come from in terms of your, yeah, your interest in and fascination for stories? I think it's all back to fostering. We, there wasn't really anywhere to hide <laughs> when we were growing up in that environment. So you had to you had to be really honest. And also we had a lot of, you know, we had to have a lot of family therapy sessions and open sessions about and communicate. And every, it was everything about how do you feel, like how do you feel and 
um, it was a very open, open household. So I don't really know how to be any other, any other way. And I do, when I talk about, especially on LinkedIn, if I talk about fertility and fertility, miscarriage, you know, I'll get a lot of comments privately from people saying, thank you so much for talking about this because I can't talk about it or I'm not ready to talk about it or I don't want to, I don't want to be judged for it, but I am so grateful that you are a voice and I don't want to be the poster girl for infertility. I want to be the poster girl for transformation and resilience. Mm. And, you know, I always say infertility is a chapter, not the book. And that's a really important part because now I've become an award-winning entrepreneur who has a passion for people and a lust for life. And I got here because I don't have children and so it's it's despite being infertile that I am where I am. And it's a really important chapter in the book, but it's only one chapter in this book. Yeah. I, I love that you are thinking of your life as, as chapters of a book. Um, I'm also struck by your journey is one of, of as everybody's is, by the way, whether they uh, admit this or not, incredible ups, incredible downs, incredible challenges, incredible um, opportunities. Do you think you're now more accepting of the slings and arrows that, that life will throw at you because of what you've been through? And, and does that mean that you are much more accepting of the fact that your life to come may well also be yeah, chapters of, you know, chapters of, of, of highs and lows? Absolutely. That, that is life, isn't it? Life is ups and downs. It's not meant to be kind of one linear feeling or emotion because how would you recognize the rest if you if you just have the one? And so I definitely feel the things that have happened to me have taken away some of the the guard because of some of the worst things that could have ever happened to me have already happened to me. And so yeah. what have I got what have I got to lose? Yeah. I don't I don't have I don't have anything to lose now. And that's definitely made me braver. And you know, Connected Brighton has made me so brave because I've had to push myself into uncomfortable spaces because I believe in the service that we offer and how it can help individuals and businesses and, and therefore I want to do it and I'm driven to do it and I will and I have pushed myself into those uncomfortable spaces. And there has been failure of course along the way. You know, I've I've done things or invested in things as a business owner that just didn't really pay off and I've tried things that didn't work and I've hosted events that no one came to and you know adverts that no one read all sorts and I'd feel that's that's all part of it and there's an ebb and a flow to both my business life and my personal life you know as we're as we're all getting older my mum is getting older we're all going to go through different challenges as we get through our 40s and 50s and I'm very very conscious of that and I'm just so grateful for every day because there's so much to be grateful for in every day in terms of like the health that we have at this very moment in time, you know, the success I have at this very moment in time, what I'm learning every day. I just think that it's life is a complete gift is how I look at it. And I want to make the most of it. I, I, you hear about those stories of, you know, death doulas, you know, nobody ever wished that they, that they worked harder or that they spent less time with friends and family or that they didn't, you know, they wish they spent more time indoors instead of outdoors looking at the sun or listening to the birds and i want to enjoy life as much as i can for as long as i can um we've all got stories we carry forward um there are lots of stories that i guess you would uh, have that you want to pass on um and preserve um have you have you got one that you that that you hold dear you know, um, and, and, and if so, what is it? And, and why do you think it's so important to preserve that particular story? It's about preserving a particular story or just, 
I think it's really important for people to know that they don't have to fit in. You know, when I was writing up the blueprint, the whole strap line to that was when you don't fit the blueprint, break the mold. And if you don't fit in, then stand out. And it's okay to stand out. And I, I would just love that message to be taken forward, whatever it means to each individual. And it will, it will mean something different to everyone, depending on what it is that makes you different and how to embrace that. And I feel like the world has got so much better at embracing the differences that we have, but it needs more. It will always need more work and people will always need support to live the life that they choose and not the life that society tells you you should. And I think breaking those barriers um, and getting rid of those social norms is really is really powerful and for anybody who's listening to this who feels like they can't break out of that social norm I would just really encourage you to take small steps and reach out to people like myself who've done it and who can who can help and be a sounding board because it feels amazing when you truly step into that authentic self and you do what's right for you not for the people around you it's a very powerful message uh, I think also incredibly powerful for a generation of young people now um, growing up, trying to find their place in the world as well, in, in what is a very difficult world, I think, in many ways. Uh, but that, you know, work out what your voice is, find it and use it to shout from the rooftops, um, I think is really important. Absolutely. And I think it's really hard for kids. You know, we all, lots of us talk about, imagine if we'd had social media at school, you know, the impact of that. I'm so grateful that we didn't, I didn't grow up with that. And the impact that it can have and, you know, protecting our young people from, there's so much adversity out there. And, you know, adversity can, can help you and it can fuel you. And no one, no one gets out alive at the end of the day, <laughs> you know? And so there is an element of you've got to deal the cards that you're dealt, but you can choose how you want to play them. Yeah. Yeah. And two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you work out why. As uh, as Mark Twain, you know, famously said, but um, that's a great um, quote. It's a great quote. I love it. Yeah, um, Lindsay, thank you. I, I, I um, I, I've just loved uh, this chat. You are uh, incredibly open. You're incredibly clear, and uh, obviously incredibly driven by what you're currently doing uh, in, in connecting people. Um, our last question on these podcasts is always one that I sometimes reluctantly uh, 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 get to. And in your case, I am, because I know and hope that you are so many decades away from worrying about this uh, that it seems an odd question to ask you. But I, I, I think it's a nice way of, of framing perhaps lots of what you, know, you think and people think. Um, what's the story you'd like written on your gravestone? Whenever I think about this kind of question, I always think about that Spike Milligan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, t I told you I was ill. <laughs> That's so brilliant. I was like, what would the short story be? I think the short story of mine would, would just be like, didn't she do well? Didn't she do well? And I suppose the longer story on that would, would want to be remembered for, I want to be remembered for being a good person who did good things for good reason, in a nutshell. And that's a great way to end Lindsay, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. I've loved it. Mm -hmm.